0: Hi, happy Monday. Thank you for being here again. I know you have so many choices and I am truly honored that you chose to listen to me again today and to today's guest who I'm going to introduce in a minute. I just wanted to take a moment and say thank you so much for your feedback on last week's episode with Bianca Bass. So many of you messaged me saying how much you could relate to her story, to her words, how much you gained from that episode and that conversation. So many of you shared it and left reviews and I'm really, really, really grateful. So thank you. I'm thrilled when so many feel the same way about a conversation that I do. Uh, So that got me really excited Today, we talk about mental health. I spoke to Soraya Stewart, who is, amongst other things, a mental health blogger. She's also host for the charity Black Minds Matter. And Soraya started posting sharing about mental health online before it got cool. If you think about it, we haven't actually been talking about mental health online for a very long time. I know it feels like it's been long, I guess because the topic is everywhere now. But actually, if you think about it, it hasn't been that long, just a few years. And this conversation is very honest, very raw. Soraya shares so much of her family, her story, her heart, her mental health journey, therapy, her work with Black Minds Matter. She shares about racism in the workplace and how it affected her mental health, um, how Christianity and religion affected her mental health like her upbringing, which is another thing we totally like connected on. And what we learned in 2020, what we let go of, who we let go of, we talk about social media etiquette. It's a very, very big one, very important one. This is like a proper conversation, not just an interview, you'll see. And I hope you can take value from it. Um, I hope It can help inspire, encourage, or challenge you. Share it with your friends if you like it. Leave a review. Those really, really help me out. And go follow Soraya. She does such a beautiful job at showing up for herself online in such an honest way that I find so refreshing and encouraging and empowering. And I know you will love her too. So without further ado, here's Soraya Stewart. but otherwise i don't do much editing i love i just love when it's just you know the
1: raw yeah, edit just, just a, yeah, it's, it's
0: so great. nice to see you can i just don't say can i just say it feels like oh i already know you like i'm just going to have a it, chat with a friend you don't you
1: don't feel like a stranger yeah same oh like at all how oh, I how did you find me i always like the story I've what was it through? I can't even remember. You know, like when you've been following someone for so long, yeah. and you have a conversation with them. Yeah, because I can't remember if it was me that found you or you that found me. But I literally like I don't. I think I don't remember.
0: I, don't remember. I think if if we go back on the Instagram DMs, we would probably probably, um, know. probably know more or less. I think I'm not sure right now if I found you through Pete of conversations Uh of money or if i found him through you (laughs) i'm
1: I'm not sure right now
0: because you interviewed him
1: i can't even remember how i can't even remember how i found pete i actually can't even remember how i found him this magical world yeah
0: probably instagram isn't it um like most likely and i you did uh, a podcast episode with him and I, I don't remember who I found first because with everything that happened last year and Black Lives Matter kicking off in the way it did yeah. um obviously there were so many new people like um brought to my attention yeah. and um and I followed just like new people whose content I really, really enjoyed. Um, and, and who I like resonated with. And I don't remember who, who no, came it first, um, but, um, maybe like we can check our DMs and they will like clear it up. But it's, it's either, either, yeah, I found you first and, and then be, or the other way around, but I'm so glad I did.
1: Same here. And I'm so glad to be on here as well. I'm so excited because I've listened, I listened to some of your stuff before and Thank just some of the stuff that you post, like I really really relate to it especially the stuff where you talk about like Christianity and stuff like I'm sat there and I'm reading it and I'm like yeah like like, there's so much of it that I get and it I just feel like it's not often that you come across people Mm. who you can resonate with Mm. especially you're like on the side of religion because I think that's one of the things as well I don't really tend to talk about on my page just because I feel like me talking about race is enough (laughs) I argue with enough people about that so it's really nice to see someone talking about something else that I relate to yeah that's already a huge
0: topic isn't it yeah um and I mean I don't I don't I don't see myself as an advocate for like deconstructing Christianity um not at all I mean I it's not like that's I, I put, like some accounts like only post about that like about this that. is this is yeah, what they're about it. and i'm so grateful for those accounts and like i i am here alive because of them basically yeah. <laughs> um but yeah i i kind of share a bit of everything that um i've dealt with and i deal with and yeah. things i I've, I've i see like as important and i value and um that is so interesting to me that you can resonate to that part as well because um it's, it's something I'm, there's not many people, as you said, like, who, who, who leave that world, who have, or who just have, like, a massive paradigm shift from, like, one belief to another, or to, to, to no belief, like, it, it is a, it is a big deal to completely change your worldview like that, and it's, it's, it's a weird thing to happen as well, and um, there's not... Yeah, just not many people. There's many people in the world. I know that now, but um, to actually meet someone and, and talk to them face to face, it's it's quite rare um, to, to find that. So, and I would love, because I actually don't, I know a lot of things about you. I know what you care about. I yeah. I know what you share online, but I actually don't know you, you know, yeah. like your story yeah. and your background. Yeah. And I would love, I'm so curious to hear yeah like (laughs) everything everything um that's why i told you like i don't i have like a few like questions written down but i would i would love to take it from there from your story from the beginning how you grew up and you your childhood and your influences and even with christianity what what what's your story there like um uh just whatever you want to share start from i don't know birth yeah
1: I think I think it probably caught quite kind of like intertwined and like yeah. a, quite well from like where I was in childhood, how I grew up to where I am now. Like I'll give you like the long and short of it. So um, my mum brought me up on her own. Like my, my dad sort of dipped in and dipped out and I stopped talking to him when I was 13. Okay. But his parents, so my dad's side of the family, my nan's a pastor. She's like a big Pentecostal Christian Ooh. pastor. <laughs> Like, she's really well-known, like, where she lives. Like, whenever I go and... Because my, my I still have, like, a relationship with my brother and his mum. Yeah. Whenever I go to that town, like, I'll randomly bump into people and they'll be like, oh, my God, you're Pastor Stewart's granddaughter and all of that kind of stuff. And I'm like, yeah, 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 They're like, I haven't seen you since you were a kid and all of that kind of stuff. Mm. So I think I got to the age of about 14 and I said to my nan, I was like, I um, don't want to go to church anymore. I don't believe in Christianity because my dad's abandoned me and I just don't understand why that's why oh, that's damn. happened. If like, you know, all of these if, if Christianity is supposed to be so great and God's supposed to be so good, why is this happening to me? Mm-hmm. Um and my dad never took accountability for anything that he'd done. It's really, it's mm-hmm. really, really strange. But my grandparents always defended him and it never mm-hmm. made any sense because mm-hmm. they're supposed to be like these really big Christian people. Um mm-hmm. and I got blamed for a lot of stuff as well. And again, I'll talk about that, like, as we go through. Okay. Uh, And then my dad basically has then got baptized, I think it's about 10 years ago now. So he's now in the church. um, And he thinks like he is this crown and glory person and that I am the worst person in the world because I am not a Christian and I don't go to church. Mm. Similar sort of thing with my brother. And I I said to him, well, God don't teach you to forsake your kids. So Mm -hmm. answer, like, Mm -hmm. answer that. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, he just sort of goes off at me, really, just not that I speak to him as much now. Um, I have tried to reach out and make amends, but I think from um, the lack of relationship with him and the lack of acknowledgement with my grandparents, it stemmed a lot of abandonment issues, which um, then sort of led to low self-esteem. Anxiety and it manifested quite heavily throughout my teenage years, as you sort of develop relationships with men, felt like a lack of self esteem with my dad, and then so sort of all sort of intertwined. Mid twenties just slapped me in the face. <laughs> Here we are, and mm-hmm. um, then having to acknowledge what it was. Yeah, went through anxiety, depression, really bad relationships. Then therapy. Mm-hmm. I would probably say the last two years now are the healthiest mentally wise that i've been Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. i think um being in the background that i am sort of jamaican caribbean barbados we don't really speak about a lot of these things um told to keep everything on like the harsh the quiet etc etc yeah um so yeah that that's sort of the story and i think what what a lot of people can sort of sometimes relate to is the parental side of things i think society sort of tells you that you must have good relationships with your parents. Mm -hmm. Like if you don't have a good relationship with your parents and that's not normal. But I've realised a lot of people don't have a good relationship with their parents. Like whether their parents weren't there physically or emotionally, generally there's some sort of abandonment and Mm -hmm. people don't even see it. Mm -hmm. They really don't. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I think that's why I probably felt more comfortable as I've grown into an adult because I've sort of realised that so many people have gone through this but also, um, you shouldn't carry it with you. The worst thing I probably did was carry it with me yeah. and take that on for so long, thinking that it was my issue and that it was my fault that I, that someone who created me chose not to be there. Yeah, how um, can
0: that be the child's fault? It's just it's just crazy to that that was put on you. Even that that messaging. Well,
1: a hundred percent and my grandparents even blamed me as well they said oh your your, your dad's not the problem you are so yeah, it's well, yes, do
0: you- <laughs> i'm really sorry i'm really sorry that that happened no, to you like that is it's yeah. fine
1: it's fine now because i've been through therapy i like, came out the end of my therapy with the fact that my dad is is human like yeah he's yeah. a human being all human beings make mistakes it totally yeah. cost me a lot of money to be able to say that um <laughs> It did. It cost me a lot of money um, to be able to come to that
0: little
1: yeah, conclusion. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. It's a, it's a big it's one fun. actually. It is a big, it is a big revelation, isn't it? its is. To see it your is. parents like that. I kind of, I always, I have to be honest, maybe because, um, I, I don't come from a healthy family, so I, I can't relate to these people, but I do struggle when people idolize their parents. Um, and it, it, it's it's not just people who actually I mean, it's not just people who come from healthy families. It's all, it's people who come from really, really dysfunctional families as well, who mm-hmm. like idolize their parents and and like see them like grown up it's people.
1: Old,
0: yeah. And, and see them as something like God like and it's like, no, <laughs> they're just yeah. they're just, you know, they're really just humans. Um, and yeah. they did. They, they just operated from, you know, from their traumas, from whatever they went through, yeah.
1: And I think as well, there's also recognising that narcissism exists within family structures yeah. and parents as well. I think sometimes people mm. think that narcissists can only be like romantic partners.
0: Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No, no, absolutely not. <laughs> I, I just finished reading this book yesterday. I, maybe you know it, All About Love by Bell Hooks. No, 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 I've never heard of it it's so amazing i like three people within the same week recommended it to me so i like ordered it and i like, read it within two days and it's actually part of a, a trilogy um so i i want to get the other two as well um but it's yeah it's basically all about love as, as the title says it's like love like different aspects of love from childhood and romantic love and justice and love like in community um the healing and and all all different aspects and it's so so amazing because in the she starts off with childhood obviously the basis and that's exactly what she talks about how like as a child you learn what love is or what the lack of love is in childhood you learn that from like your parents um so and and the Twisted, tricky thing is that in most families, that love comes paired with pain. So a right. child connects like love to pain. And like the person that loves me, the person that says I love you, is also the person that hurts me. Um, and so we take that into the future thinking everyone that treats us bad must love us, <laughs> basically. Yeah. Like it's yeah. such a fantastic book. Like honestly, I. Yeah, total recommendation. But that's um, what you were saying as well. Like, it, you were created, you were brought into this world. It's not your job to to start that connection and that relationship. It's the parents' job. 110%.
1: Yeah. And I just think that these are things that we're not taught. These are things that we no. find out, like, later on the yeah. line. This should be taught in school. Well, like we, we should be. But I think the thing is, though, like, when you know better you do better i'd like to think that like in in the future people will be more aware of that of that mm. generation yeah. i can't say that for everyone because to be honest some adults that i embrace now and i'm sure that you know some adults you embrace you think i really feel sorry if you ever yeah. decide to procreate or any kids that you're around that listen to your mm. doctrine like mm. it, it i just yeah. honestly i think that some people um haven't evolved with the times,
0: like,
1: um, and I'll probably sort of talk about this in terms of challenges, because I know you've got that challenges question, um,
0: oh, I mean, you can, you can, you can just, you can just (laughs) say what you want to say now, like, you can just weave it in,
1: (laughs) you you said in the last question about people that have have challenged me, and I just sat there, and I thought, like, who were two people that have challenged me last year, and I'd probably say one of those is, um, Kolekji Okafor, who speaks a lot about racism, mm-hmm. a lot about racism, yeah, a yeah. lot about white supremacy, yeah. because there's a lot of stuff going on right now yeah. with um, Chidera and Florence Given.
0: Yeah.
1: For me, it was a really pivotal moment because there was a lot of racism that I suffered in my place of work. Like, mm-hmm. and i found a new job now. started it, like, it's my first week. And for me, it was a huge challenge because I didn't know how to use my voice and it was a really really big challenge and then i'm in a, a room full of white men hmm. who then use the excuse of oh yeah but i'm from a different time and it's a case of but you learned how to use an iphone like yeah, yeah. if you acclimatise on how to use an iphone why can you not learn how not to be a racist and it's it's things like that that really challenged me to Not question myself Mm -hmm. and actually believe in myself and not doubt what I was hearing and and Mm -hmm. that was probably one of the biggest challenges that I had last year like one of the biggest biggest challenges is challenging the norms of 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 corporate structures yeah and going against that grain because really there are a lot of people a lot of us who are in these structures and there's so much misogyny, yeah. racism and just all of this disgraceful stuff, which is seen as normal when it's not. And um, it can be scary because if you're not in a position to leave, which I wasn't, I needed mm-hmm. to find a job first.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it can really mess with you. Yeah, so yeah that's probably my biggest challenge of last year. Like, without a doubt, like going through that, especially in the middle of BLM as well. It was hell. I didn't yeah. really talk about it either. It's not saying that you really saw me that you really saw me speak about. I didn't really talk about it, but that was a real big thing for me last year. Like it made me so ill. So ill.
0: Like physically or mentally or both?
1: Both. I had Mm. really bad IBS, Mm. Um, was missing periods, Mm. Um, strong fatigue. I, I honestly, I was so, so, so ill, like so ill. And it was all because of that. All because I was having to go into work all yeah. the time, being forced to go in in the middle of the pandemic as well. Ooh, mm. Do you know what? I'm so glad that that's happened now. <laughs> that someone's decided to message me now, not in the middle of the talk. Um Yeah, no, honestly, I, don't, I, I think that people sometimes really don't understand the effects that racism within structures have because mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. was one black woman in the office full of, I think there's like 15 of us. Um mm-hmm. two other women. Um one of them went on maternity leave, the other one was one was my manager's partner. Mm-hmm. So I was like the only black woman there having to sit there and listen to certain things, rape jokes, um, racist comments to do with like Megan and Harry. like It was hell. It was hell. God. So yeah, it, it's not you know, like how they, that old saying, like the whole six and stones will break my bones. Like that is like the biggest lie ever mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's, I think the one thing that I've I've learned throughout that is don't um, don't don't sacrifice yourself. And mm-hmm. probably had I been in a better position financially, I probably would have just left. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. So you stayed longer than, yeah, you stayed longer than,
0: than your health allowed to basically yeah overstate it
1: yeah massively yeah massively
0: But that's interesting then because um i i was wondering and it's one of the things i wrote down as well because for me as a white person last year changed a lot of things like with black lives matter uh, becoming so big even over here because it was to me it was always something happening like not in Europe um not not as not as big so for me obviously life awareness everything changed a lot a a lot last year and I was wondering like you obviously you've you you've you've been black all your life um and um and it's interesting that you said you've you found your voice last year so I guess like because I wrote down like how has anything changed for you have your relationships changed last year and obviously you just mentioned you changed like massively through what happened and i guess through the influence of other people and seeing other people's like voice as well
1: yeah i mean racism it's always been there but honestly i've never had an issue with it in work and that it it, it started before the black lives matter movement as well it started just before that i think i got this tattoo in like what did i get this 2019 okay um and for me it signified breaking free what does and the then tattoo then,
0: what does the tattoo say like for people who get because they can't see you
1: oh they can't see it so um it's like uh fist breaking out of shackles. so like if you ma- imagine the slaves arm breaking free out of shackles. shackles yeah um and I got that done in 2019 and then I thought like last year I thought this couldn't be more appropriate really could it mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. so yeah for me it was just a case of being shocked I think really mm-hmm. that I was facing it in work but again one thing I also need to point out is that I'm a light-skinned black woman. I think that's really important to mm-hmm. point out. I'm not a dark-skinned black woman. And um, it's important to recognise that I have um, that privilege. I, although I'm, I'm not proud of having that privilege. Mm-hmm. But you have to acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It also goes along with acknowledging things like, you know, like, white privilege. Because they they exist. I have a yep. light-skinned privilege. And I definitely think yeah. there are some spaces namely my workspace I sat there and I wondered to myself after a while would I have got my job if I was a dark-skinned black woman um and part of me don't I don't think that I would have and um yeah the the whole colorism in itself that is like a whole different ball game but yeah yeah, like it's important to speak up about colorism as well as as well as racism because there there is also an important factor
0: too Gosh, yeah. I mean, yeah, there's like there's so many, I mean, I'm still learning every day new, yeah. new things, new aspects of it, new aspects of racism, new, new language as well, and, and, and new information. And I think what has been really important for me to understand as well was um, last year was that while this is like a collective experience, like still like black people are not like one blob it's not like a monolith like it's still everyone has an individual story with individual experiences and also opinions like that are yeah. different um which um one of one of my uh, friends she called me out on that on Instagram last year a few months ago and then we um we she did a life with me about it like about the stupid things that i said (laughs) and and she and she was like well yeah this this is true but also remember that it's it's still individuals like and we don't all have the same opinion we don't all have the same like which is even saying it out loud i'm like that is obvious of course like any other human being but for some reason because this is such a big collective experience yeah. you kind of my mind went there i don't, don't want to speak for anyone else but like my mind yeah. immediately like just groups everyone together when yeah as you say there's so many different facets experience, experiences opinions. yeah i think
1: it is as well from like generations too because my opinions are sometimes totally different from my mum's. yeah um yeah. my mum's a dark-skinned black woman as well so i think i've learned a lot about her experience as well through asking her questions about her experience as well when when she grew up and certain things that she went through. But I also think it's important yeah. to note that generational trauma and breaking through from generational cycles. Yeah. Um, and again, I think that's just, again, for the whole world. I think there was just so many things now that we have to just grow through and just yeah. Yeah. re-process. And I've just... this. you know, We haven't even started recording. You, are you recording? Oh, yeah, of course I'm recording. <laughs> oh, you're recording. Oh, okay. <laughs> of course i i hit recording straight away oh did you oh oh okay i didn't even know you were recording because about like the story and stuff i didn't even know okay that's fine but i think it's probably flowed quite like naturally as well then that's perfect that's
0: that's what i thought would happen with us honestly i didn't think and i also don't you know you you've you've interviewed people as well it's it's having like just question 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 it makes it feel like an interview whereas it's yeah, nicer so. when it's just a conversation and you know you you keep asking each other things and you just have like a conversation like it's okay. kind of it's kind of and i and i figured uh i'm sure with soraya and me
1: it will be it will be fine yeah, it it's gonna flow yeah no you're, you're totally right um <laughs> it's gonna so, be yeah fun. i just think it's important to note there are just so many different experiences but mostly generational as well and I think that Mm. between me and some of my friends um we've noticed it I would say that I have had to have difficult conversations with my friends I've definitely had to be more wary on social media as well Mm -hmm. um I think conspiracy theories as well are really dangerous because sometimes people will project conspiracy theories onto black people especially this stupid theory about Donald Trump being a saviour of the world I've had to draw some really strong boundaries with people that I know online oh and offline mm-hmm. trying to tell me that Donald Trump isn't a racist um, oh God. <laughs> yeah I know right and it's like <laughs> yeah. how is someone who not only hasn't had my lived experience then trying to tell me that what I know to be true is Mm. wrong Mm. um so yeah it's been it's been it's been a it's been a really it's been a really interesting time full of challenges and learning but do you know what ultimately growth as well yeah I feel like there's definitely been a lot of growth do you feel like there's been a lot of growth for you as well
0: I I feel like the the thing yeah the thing that I said at a year ago in January 2020 like my affirmation and intention what I wanted to one of the things I wanted to learn in 2020 Mm. I didn't know that that would actually happen that way was um to to learn how to let go and to learn how to flow Mm. with with my life, because I, I, yeah, I I have, I've really, really struggled with that before and and have just always had, like, that grip of fear around situations and people and relationships. Um, And I really wanted to learn to trust and to trust my life and to trust and to let go. And it happened in completely different ways than I thought it would. I didn't think it would happen through lockdown and a pandemic, but everything from work relationships uh, friendships um to the state of the world I completely there was no control last year at all and it was kind of and at the same time it was still like up to us to make the best out of it if, if that makes sense like to um obviously yeah it's it wasn't in our control what was happening but um you know, it's, it's, we can control how we react to it basically. And that's kind of one of the main things I learned last year because my life, the day-to-day didn't change as as much. I'm self employed. I sit at home a lot. I work at home. Um, the one thing that changed is I travel a lot for work. So that stopped. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of like my day-to-day was kind of, Uh, very similar so I like because lots of people were like oh I learned like how to have a slower pace of life and be at home and I'm like my life was quite slow already (laughs) like it was that was fine but yeah so much so much so much growth and so many new lessons and new information and, and knowledge and with um with BLM uh happening uh so many things I learned that I didn't know so many new people that I met um, like I don't know how you feel about like the the people entering your life last year but yeah like it's been I my life is so much richer now like so much with like with so many uh, I don't know I don't know how I like how did I live before without (laughs) without knowing those people and then suddenly you know someone enters your life and you're like why didn't I not know you before? It's amazing.
1: I kind of feel like it would. I wouldn't necessarily say it was a revolving door, but I would definitely say I've, I've had oh. some great people enter my life, but also people leave that I, I didn't necessarily yeah. expect. Yeah. Um, yeah and yeah. I definitely Same. say that I have um, reconnected with people as well and i think that maybe through many things that happened last year i think namely death as well death was a big sort of thing from last year i think if myself and a few people that i know sort of realized that don't need, if there doesn't need to be any bad blood then really, they really they really shouldn't be so yeah. i think that i definitely took a lot of time out last year to Make peace with a lot of people, mm-hmm. not a lot of people, but um, I would say like a number of maybe like people that I'd grown up with. Because sometimes you go in different directions, mm. you form sort of different value systems, yeah. and then they clash. So um, yeah. that that definitely taught me a lot, and I just feel like I understand the the value of friendships more, the value of connections more, mm. and just. Um, knowing my work as well within friendships because I found that some friendships were very one-sided and I was sort of pouring way more into people um, and wasn't sort of getting that back when the time was crucial. I'm not just saying, oh, if I've called someone, oh, yeah, I need to talk to you about something really small, but when like major life events happen
0: yeah.
1: and certain people aren't there, you sort of think, well, why? Because we're in a pandemic and no one's going anywhere, so what are you doing? Like Yeah. Oh I've,
0: i I had yeah, same, same. Totally feel you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What are you doing? Where are you going? Um definitely met a lot of people. Um Black Minds Matter. Met so many people. Oh my god. Yeah. I met a lot of new people through doing that. Yeah. And um that came about at a really strange time actually because it was, it was, I think it was just after, I can't remember how long after it was when George Floyd died. I can't I can't remember, but I know someone in social media, he's a social media consultant, and he told me about someone that he knew, who was the founder Agnes, putting mm. it together. And he was mm. like, I think he would be a really good host. I'll mm-hmm. just put you two together. Mm-hmm. At this point, no one really knew what, what was gonna happen. No one really knew yeah. it was gonna be what it was. So we connected. And I joined and then my grandma died. <laughs> oh, yeah. So all of this stuff happened at this like, really chaotic time mm. but ultimately I think she stayed with me to make sure that I got through it because it was something that was so powerful and so needed and I've, I've met some amazing people and have had some great conversations that have been needed because we haven't spoken about it before in the black community. Mm. We don't really, I'd say we speak about it now more but um sort of trying to explain to your family and stuff that you've got like depression or anxiety they could be sort of really blase about it Mm -hmm. and through some of the conversations that I've had have been great so whether they might be African backgrounds Caribbean backgrounds just about establishing boundaries as well they've all been really really important and I think boundaries is probably one thing that I've learn to better mental health learning the power of saying no Mm. has been huge we've had some amazing conversations on that last year too and it's funny how
0: you like found your voice there as well through doing that and hosting that isn't that amazing like literally your voice like and and just like putting it out there that's beautiful
1: i would say that this year despite everything has probably been one of Oh, sorry last year so weird so. <laughs> I know I know I still I say it still too last year one of the most successful I, I still had a number of opportunities a number of people that I connected with it's really strange because I, I, I should have been really really sad about last year sort of yeah. going through so many things that I did whether that was to do with work losing my grandma because I'm super close with her
0: mm.
1: that when I got to the end of last year I knew that 2021, I was already getting off to a good start and that I just felt like more doors were open. I just felt mentally, I thought I'm going to get a new job. I'm going to be in a better place and everything will be all right because I've somehow managed to like keep my sanity just just about, but I've got a life coach as well. And it's important to say that I'm not one of these people that say, I don't have any help and I feel like a lot of people can be ashamed about getting help. I've Mm. had a therapist, I've had a life coach, and I'm probably gonna go back into therapy again because of what happened with work. Yeah. Um, because I I don't wanna take it with me. And as well, I, I said this to someone yesterday, I said I don't want to sit there and be fearful that every white male boss that I have is mm-hmm. going to be a racist mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. that's not the case. Mm-hmm. That and, and and that is far from. Mm-hmm. But where I've been through um, something so traumatic and something so prolonged, yeah. it is making me super anxious. Um, that makes sense. I'll just, yeah. I'll give you one example, I was sat in a work meeting. And um, my boss had said, to, at the time, had said to someone who'd just come back from Australia, and they were really tanned. They, they, they were not far off the shade that I am. Mm-hmm. And um, he said, Oh, you look really dirty. Like you, your skin looks really dirty. Like you need to have a wash. <laughs> yeah. and just for the record, everyone, you actually can't see Nadia's face, but her face is a picture. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my god yes yeah. oh. so um yeah that was just like one of the things that that i went through so yeah, i think i probably will be talking about it more but i think yeah. at the time it was probably just i think so difficult for me to go through mentally
0: when this happened at work like nobody around you would say anything nobody would speak up or like say this is not funny like or whatever nobody
1: not really no mm. people would talk talk about it to be in private but then mm-hmm. they wouldn't want to disturb the status quo because ultimately sure, ultimately, yeah. i think some people felt like it was their job on the line too and if you go against like basically mm. don't bite the hand that feeds you
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: and sometimes you have to like you know you like when I left he was like oh you know be a good leaver because I think he knew he knew why I was leaving
0: yeah
1: my my sort of saying is and I think you know what don't be afraid to burn bridges if you never plan on walking back across yeah yeah and I think you know sometimes that goes without saying you have to be like that in life sometimes as well and don't feel like and this is just outside of like race, don't let people tone police you into sort of thinking that you need to make yourself small. And I don't know about you, but I see this a lot. People sort of making themselves shrink to make them to make other people feel better and carrying a lot of like guilt and shame and stuff with them when it's, it's not something that needs to happen. And I would definitely say feelings of guilt and shame have probably carried, have sometimes really followed me through within life. And I think sometimes when you become so used to those feelings, they become quite normal. Yeah. And I would probably say that stems back to maybe like my childhood of like being abandoned and feeling really ashamed that, like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I didn't have a dad, or um feeling guilty of maybe it was something that I done and then you know when you hear all your friends they, they it sounds like they've got these perfect life with their parents and yeah i know got yeah perfect little families and stuff and you think well you feel embarrassed like i did i used to feel like really embarrassed like when i was younger and stuff and mm-hmm. my friends but oh yeah, yeah. Like, i'm going out with my dad and this and that and like i never i never had that so i guess those sorts of feelings are feelings that i've probably had for a while mm. and it doesn't mean to say that i should have them at all but you just become used to them
0: they're just familiar they feel like That's home it. and it's kind of like a comfort it's in a twisted way it feels safe because it's what you know right
1: very very much so yeah I, I I wish that people could sort of unlearn unlearn these feelings and I think that it also comes down to a point of where we really can't rely anymore on the education system to teach us these things oh, no. because the education system especially in the UK has shown their hand at the fact that they, they aren't prepared to go outside of the national school curriculum in mm. order to teach kids what they should know to lead a healthier and toxic-free yeah, or possible toxic-free life so whether that's learning about self-love, healthy boundaries, um, things like, you know, things like how to save and how to do taxes and things like that. Yeah. Things like that that mm-hmm. are just useful. Because yeah. I don't know about you, I don't know when the last time I used Pythagoras' theorem was. Like, has anyone ever used Pythagoras' theorem in their real life? I <laughs> I've, <they're- laughs> I've never. I've, I did it
0: in school. That was the last time. Never, never again. And I can tell you, like, it's not just England. Like I grew up in Germany. I did school in Germany. Same thing. Like I I always hated school as well. And when I was done, like in your 20s, I don't know if you heard people, if you would hear people say that, but or if you do, because you are in your 20s.
1: End of my twenties, I'm twenty nine in well,
0: four weeks. But like some people like I, I haven't heard this in a while, but when I was in my twenties, I I would hear people say, I guess because it wasn't that far away, they would say, Oh, school was such a nice time. I wish I could go back. Those were the good days, like being in school. And I was always like, What the fuck yeah. are you talking about? <laughs> like school was school was terrible. And and um yeah, it was the same as you just mentioned, same thing in Germany, like you don't get prepared there's just the standard curriculum um you you're not prepared for actual life um and you are trained in school you are raised to do, to become an employee like you are raised they 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 tell you how to write a cv <laughs> like you are they they don't show you how to deal with money or how to run your own business for example like which not that one is better than the other but just just to show like there's just one option yeah this is the life yeah this is you have to fit into this system go now goodbye like that's it like that's the that's you you are raised to fit into a certain system that's what normal school is basically unless you go i don't know to a specific private school or whatever but like the normal school system is yeah it's not just here it's like yeah in most places it's just not very exciting
1: I think just be just knowing as well that there are other um other options out there yeah yeah other options out there for us i think it's taken a while though i think it's it's taken a while for me to sort of come to certain realizations be- being a mental health blogger as well i think that when i first because how long how long have i been doing this now about three years hmm about three years, when I first started talking about mental health, I think everyone thought I was nuts. Like, I know that's a bit of a, like, an oxymoron, but was it an oxymoron or was it ironic? Can't remember, whatever, yeah. Oh, you're asking Where, the
0: wrong person. English is not <laughs> my first language.
1: <laughs> I <have> no idea. <laughs> I, you know, ironic, that's it. I think it's a bit ironic. Ironic. That was thinking, Let's go with that one. <laughs> I was crazy because they thought, why are you speaking so openly about it? But... Like, now, people are like, you know what, thank you, thank you for doing it. Yeah. Because there are just things that, you know, you pointed out that mm-hmm. are really, really relevant. And I think too many things get normalised. Like, way, yeah. way too many things get normalised.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Way, way, way too many things get normalised. Um, just like I said, certain behaviours of people... Um, friends relationships parents and it it really should i think accountability is also key as well mm. to maintain a a, a a strong or a healthier mental balance and it took me a long time to be responsible for my actions and I do wonder if that's something that I picked up from childhood, sort of maybe having a parent that didn't have accountability over their actions made me sort of think that I didn't have to take accountability
0: mm.
1: over yeah. my own my own life. Yeah. Yeah. And then having to sort of separate yourself from that yeah. and having, like, grow from that. And I think if we don't sort of take accountability for our lives sometimes, then situations... Won't get any better. Yeah. And I don't know how you all feel about this. I think sometimes as well within the world, I think that I give last year, for example, I think that it, I think the best decision that I made was for me to keep on going. As much as people said, you know, we are in the middle of a pandemic, it's okay if you don't want to do anything. And I'm I'm not trying to pressurize anyone into saying, you know, like, you should be working. You should be doing this, and you should be doing that. I've realised that life is so precious. Mm-hmm. Like life is probably one of the most precious things ever. I had a friend last year who, he was 25, and he died of cancer, and mm-hmm. no one expected him to die at all. Like it was the most unexpected I'm sorry. thing. Yeah. Then my grandma suddenly died. Okay, she was 80. She had a long life, but we didn't expect that.
0: This is not all. the pastor grandmother.
1: No, no, no. She yeah. actually has dementia. That's, I found that uh, out, I think, okay. two years ago. Okay. And it's one of those things where I think to myself, if we don't keep taking accountability for ourselves and pushing mm. towards our actions and pushing towards our goals, and every sort of time that I get tired or I don't want to do something, I'm never going to get there. Yeah. I'm never going to get there. And yeah. what happens if I get to, like, 60 years old and every time I've not wanted to do something, every time I've wanted to take rest, I look back and I just have this whole life filled with regret because i mm. didn't want to do something or mm. i didn't do the work to raise my self-esteem
0: Mm-mm.
1: or my mm. self-confidence mm. and things like that and i think that we need to sort of build the resilience i would like to think that this pandemic has probably mm. made us more resilient but yeah. i just feel that life is so precious and that we can't sort of sit there and w- wait for things to change and wait for things to happen we have to literally want to do it Mm. you
0: know this i agree with you and um i think it's beautiful that you said you're 28 right yes it's amazing that you have that realization about accountability now um at 28 already this is beautiful because that's something i only learned in literally the last couple of years the last three years maybe um of my life I was very much more in, although I was like, I looked like I was, you know, out there getting what I wanted and I was really successful with my business and I was very much in victim mode because um, that was my comfort zone. That was my safe, familiar place. Like, I'm the victim, stuff happened to me. <laughs> um, and only in the last two, three years, um, I learned how to, like, get out of that and snap out of it and 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 hold myself accountable and and to and understand that i can create my life like i am in charge i can do that and it, it, it very much had to do with also leaving christianity like that was kind of connected because before like the messaging was always, you know, it's, it's up to God and, you know, you have to pray and things will, 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 yeah. Like it's, it was, it was very much like, it's not, I'm not in charge. Like someone else is in charge and I don't know best. Someone else knows best. It's not me. I'm, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm not reliable. I'm not, I can't trust myself. (laughs) Um, so that was the messaging. And it's amazing that, you know, you're already there. Um, with that mindset. And it's kind of, um, I think that with everything, or most things, there are exceptions, but most things in life, both things are true. Like, um, yes, we have to, we have to go and and create our life and we have to, you know, hold ourselves accountable, definitely for for what we do or what we don't do. At the same time, um, I learned that I can do and work towards something and um, do whatever I can on my part. But then I also I do it and then I also have to trust and let go of like what the outcome is Yeah. like that, that little difference, like. Because I always thought, oh, trusting or letting go is like being passive, Mm. Um, not always, I thought that because of how I lived before, Um, So understanding that difference in the last few years that, yes, I can work towards something and I can put in all the work and improve myself and whether that's yeah my life, whether that's business, whatever it is, but I, I also have to just trust like the outcome. And it's kind of life is in that tension always in between two things that seem to be intentions seem to be to seem to seem seem to be a paradox but they go together like to to work for it but also let it go let go of like being attached to the outcome like i've done my part and you know let's see but that doesn't apply obviously to every single thing as well
1: Uh, how do you feel about religion and mental health because I always- <laughs> <laughs> you know like you 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 sit there sometimes and you see like you'll see people say oh yeah feeling depressed just like pray about it because god will fix it and it's like or like yeah. if you're not a christian then like you deserve all of these really bad things to, like happen to you like mentally like you- and i think it's so it's so heartbreaking to see that people who are going through stuff mentally that are told right just fine just give it to god just, like you don't need to do any work you don't need to go to therapy just yeah. give it to god and, yeah. fine. and yeah. I think it's wrong I think it's I think it I think it's totally wrong and I think also the, the pressure as well and sometimes the backlash you face for not believing in something that is a social norm because telling people that I'm not a critic people are like oh yeah you're a and I'm not like and they're like what they don't they don't get it it's just like I don't. Know, would outcast be the right word? I don't know. It's
0: it's a, you know if you feel like that it, it yeah. is it is it is a it is one word that you can use for it. Like I have yeah. used it as well. Yeah, you kind of feel like you're on the fringe, you're on the outside of yeah. like of this community, and that's why it helped me to find this global network of people who are deconstructing, um, which is lovely. There's so many people. I talk about that on on social media and a few a few in real life (laughs) or in face to face um uh, yeah it does feel like you're an outcast and um in in some ways especially if you have people around you that are in in the christian community or in any other faith like i also have i also like um talk to a lot of muslims who have left um, like their faith. And it's kind of the same thing. Like, even yeah. though the faith is different, but the, the result, like it's the same thing. They, they grew up with similar messaging. Um, the damage is the same for them. Like the, the message they sent that the, they sent me is like, um, they're like, Oh, I've had the same experience, but I'm a Muslim. Like, it's so interesting. Yeah. And um, uh, I, yeah, I find it very harmful um, to tell people yeah. to pray and let God, take care of it and like God being control. I find that very harmful, not very um, smart <laughs> and helpful. Um, it's it's just spiritual bypassing, isn't it? To just um, tell people, well, it's, um, it's going to be fine. God will take care of it. And I've lived like that for a long time. I've said this stuff to people. And now that I'm on the other side, I can see like how it did nothing. It did just harm. It really, it didn't help it just it actually made you feel worse because when the situation didn't get better you feel like it and i felt very much like that like it's it must be me like i am not good enough because god is perfect and god is sovereign so if like it can't be a reflection of him that things are not going better or that I'm not feeling different it yeah. must it must be me so it makes things worse I can understand there are definitely Christians who for whom like the whole thing works it yeah, just works definitely. I I just obviously I do question like why does it work like is it because they are bypassing just and stuffing things under you know the rug yeah. and but that's just that's just assumptions i don't know like what's going on inside of them um i don't obviously know yeah really everything about them so that's just my assumptions and my questions but there are people where it seems like it works for them um the thing though is i knew i was one of them it looked on the outside like it was working for me like to other people um but it wasn't so i think religion and mental health is is yeah it's a very very complex d- very complex and it can be religion can be so dangerous so dangerous um especially because it looks so beautiful and sweet and it looks it looks so nice it's it's packaged like oh like this is good for you
1: okay <laughs> yeah um yeah i think one thing i learned faith without work just doesn't happen exactly exactly and like, I, I. Do you know what? Do you know what? I pray. I don't. I don't think. i oh, I definitely do not pray to the Christian God because I'm. I'm not. I'm. That's not where my faith is now. Yeah. But I definitely think there are times when I've worked really, really hard on something. Like I put the work in. Like I've yeah. done the work, and at that point, it's like you said, letting go. Yeah. Of that outcome and having faith that everything will be okay I think my sort of relationship with Christianity I think I I would probably say it probably had the most effect on me when I was a teen Mm. and that was purely because it was around that time where things with my dad were not great and I'd always looked to my dad's parents. They were like, I loved them to bits. They, they brought me up, they were perfect, absolutely loved and adored them. And obviously my dad being this huge figurehead mm. in, the, in the church, to then turn around and say to me that I was the problem. So I think that- That's huge, yeah. Yeah, it was a really big thing for me, actually. I think it had a really big effect on my self-esteem and how I saw myself. Of course. Because I didn't really know how to sort of say to myself, okay, well, no, she's wrong. I thought, well, she must be right yeah like yeah and that wasn't the case like that I carried that with me for a very 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 long time mm. and I think a lot of people now some of my cousins in fact don't really understand how I actually have a relationship with them now but they're old people and mm-hmm. my nan has dementia mm-hmm. so it's like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna harbor ill will against two old people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I, I don't think the person in me I don't think that's just not how I want to carry it with me. Like I just want to be at peace with it. And I think anger is like, for me, one thing I've learned is that anger is like holding onto a piece of hot coal and expecting the other person to get
0: burnt. Yeah. So it
1: doesn't really, it hasn't worked like that. I think the path for me, Mm. it's been forgiveness with boundaries.
0: Beautiful. Yeah. And it's, it's that it's all about how it works for you and how it's, how it's healthy for you. Isn't it like, some, yeah. some people forgive, but they cannot keep the relationship. relationship yeah um and some people are able to keep the relationship in some shape or form like um yeah. with yeah as you say with boundaries it's it's all about taking care of your mind, isn't it well, like yeah, how you I, feel
1: I totally agree I think self- care is is hugely important, and I think we have to. Not be afraid to put ourselves first, and if that means that you have to cut off some relationships, i.e., for me with a
0: parent,
1: yeah, so be it. Um, there's a really good book I read actually, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Manson, and in that book, it teaches you that society will push onto you how it thinks your relationships with people should be, however, it's down to us to really form those relationships that's a great book if exactly. anyone listened to it hasn't read it read it yeah i great. haven't like yet it's of...
0: obviously a huge book. like i know about it but i haven't read it um yet uh i'm i'm sure i will at some point because yeah it's 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 such, a great book it's such a famous book as well and yeah it's, it's so true like we are taught like i was told like word by word by my parents growing up they still sometimes say that but now they i, I they know that i don't think like that so they kind of don't say that as much, but I grew up with them saying literally family is the most important thing. Like nothing substitutes your family. Your friends are not your family. Your family is the most important thing. And I used to believe that. And now I don't, I absolutely don't because your family, like your nuclear family and your extended family, they're not the most important thing. They can be people... You you don't choose them. They don't choose you. Like, yeah. just because you're related by blood doesn't mean that you actually get along as human beings, as, like, personality-wise. It's... You're thrown together by chance. And maybe you just don't vibe. You don't harmonize. Like, you just don't fit well together. It's just... Um, and I found that, actually, so many of my friendships have become more family-like than my actual family
1: family i think family is, is some strange social construct it's the most bizarre social construct yeah. ever and yeah. i have i can't even remember who i've got this saying from honestly cannot remember um blood makes you related but it doesn't make you family you're literally so good so good related you literally yeah. just related to someone because yeah. i have friends who I am so much closer to than some of my family members oh, and yeah. I know them so much but it's true actually like, you literally just frame together with this other person and sometimes just, like, you don't even like them like yeah. you, don't, you don't even like them yeah. you wouldn't
0: if if you weren't yeah exactly if you weren't related by blood you would not hang out with them no like you wouldn't no. you just wouldn't so it, to think that well now you have to get along is just Nah, no, like, and I, and I understand that, you know, I understand that even that is very nuanced and that's like, and it's a complex topic as well, because there's always family still, even when it's dysfunctional, there's always this element of, it feels familiar, like I know, the I know these people and I know how they operate and it's kind of, oh, I go and see my parents and as much as I hate it after two days, it's kind of, I fall back into a bubble kind of thing yeah. like oh it's my parents like but would i hang out with them if they weren't my parents <laughs> probably not, probably not. <laughs> so it's yeah families um it is it is a tricky one isn't it and i and i'd love to know from you because you said in in your family uh, but also in the black community therapy and mental health isn't talked about enough and wasn't talked about you growing up how did you how did you get to the point of talking about it, of e- like even seeking help, seeking therapy, and then talking about it online? How did you, and you're right, we haven't been talking about mental health for long online yet, It's it hasn't been that long. Um, how, did, how did you end up there in that place? Like what made you, um, was it like, because you got diagnosed, was it, what made you, seek help okay. and talk about it
1: um so i think i was formally diagnosed with anxiety when i was 21 mm. and for ages and ages and ages my mum was going to me oh do you want to go to therapy do you want to go to therapy
0: okay
1: i didn't i had absolutely not one interest in going not one i actually went on medication from the doctors and then stopped I stopped way quicker than what I should have mm-hmm. so to anyone listening please don't come off your medication and just you'll take it one day and the next thing you stop don't do that that's not good mm-hmm. you need to go for doctor's and then come off of it I think I'm just lucky that I ended up okay mm-hmm. um and how did I get diagnosed I think my mum and my friend at the time that kept saying to me they were like are you I think they noticed that something was up um but looking back, it probably wasn't done in the most healthy way. Um, but I'm glad that I went. Ultimately, no matter the situation, I'm glad that I did go because ultimately mm. I needed to know that yeah. there was there was something that I knew deep down that just wasn't healthy. So yeah, I went when I was 21, and then when did I go to therapy? I started going to therapy in. 2019 that's when I first went to therapy how did I get into the blog do you know what I think I was on I think I was on Instagram and I think I was just scrolling through and all I kept seeing at the time was loads of unmeaningful stuff like it was just meme pages and just totally unmeaningful stuff and I was like Mm -hmm. I don't I connect with this on a very surface level Mm -hmm. it makes me laugh Mm -hmm. some of the stuff that people post are nice but i want to be on this platform but i want to make a difference yeah and someone at the time said to me what are you most proud of and at that time i couldn't tell them because i just i just don't think i'd achieved as much as what I could have, I think I had a lot of unfulfilled potential, but I was still at a crossroads of I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I was in recruitment. I knew I I knew I liked to help people, but I knew I just wanted to do something a little bit more than that. And then I just thought, Oh, do you know what? I'm just going to start a mental health page. I'm just going to talk about all this stuff that I've been through. And
0: mm.
1: I tried it. I tried it, and then that's what happened. Um, Connected with someone on social media um, and young bogus boy, he's great on social media. We actually met because we were arguing about the term sapiosexual in the comment section. Mm-hmm. I say it's a okay. old word, he says, he says it's a fake word. Um, okay. And it's so weird how you <laughs> meet people on social media. Um, so I started posting about it and then I wanted to form a strategy. I got in touch with him and he gave me a few ideas on how I could form a social strategy and I think over time I just sort of developed myself and how I actually wanted to do it Mm -hmm. because if you look back actually to be fair the posts aren't there they're all in an archive how I started versus what I do now is totally different Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's just through a period of growth I think now what you'll see is more me on a day-to-day basis because I'm more comfortable talking about it yeah. more comfortable posting my face and just saying this is how I feel this is what's going on in the world this is what I like this is what I don't like and I feel like that's what people need that's definitely one thing that I've picked up on is that people really want transparency not seeing picture perfect influences using facetune and, and, and body shop because it is making everyone way more paranoid about themselves especially in the pandemic I've noticed that especially last year people are definitely struggling more with the images of themselves and let alone sort of you your I say usual usual anxiety and depression so I think um just greater transparency I think through positive reinforcement through through people who come to my page and I'm just really really grateful for people who follow me and message me and just say that they're happy that I post things because it just helps me to post even more because sometimes it's scary sometimes I post things I think oh should I really do that but then you know you always get that one message you know I'm I'm sure you've had it I'm sure that you have had that one person that messaged you and says that's what I really needed to hear today thank you so much for posting it yeah and I just wanted to be a normal person on, on Instagram. I just wanted to be a normal person on Instagram. You do it so well. Before. So beautiful. Man. Thank you. just Yeah, wasn't so concerned about being, I don't know, the Daily Mail's ideal of perfection. No, like, you do it so,
0: you you do it really in, in such a natural, relatable way. Um, you, you just have to immediately connect with you. Like I, like I, when I first came across your Instagram or maybe it was the YouTube, I don't remember. Um, yeah. it, it, I felt immediately like, oh, I love this person. Like immediately, yeah. I felt immediately attached. Like, cause you, you, you do it so naturally and so relatable. Just as you say, like you just a normal person, like, And so lots of other normal people like, oh, yeah, that's me. Like, that's that's me sometimes, too. And um, I think you do a great job at it. But does it since we're talking about social media and mental health, I mean, the two are kind of um, how how do you balance that? How do you cope with like social media and your mental health? Do you take breaks? Do you. Yeah. How do you do cuz I'm on a little break right now. <laughs> um I've I'm so fed up right now with social media and I keep getting messages of people just because I haven't posted in 10 days they're like are you
1: okay? Are you alright? Are you are you alive? I'm like yeah yeah it's fine all good. Um you've a much bigger following than I do. You've got 35,000 followers. No, it's 25. You got, you got 20 well if so yeah. a lot. Like, yeah, like you got A lot of people that follow you, so maybe I should take advice from you. Like I don't know, but I have no. Please, please tell
0: me. I would love to know how 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 you do it because I
1: have Um, (laughs) my my notifications are off. My Instagram notifications are totally off. I don't have them come up on my phone. I don't
0: understand people who have them on. To be honest, like no, I can do it. That must be so annoying. Yeah,
1: um, I. Yeah, so my Instagram notifications are off, I've learned that I don't have to reply to people straight away yeah. that DM me, yeah. and if they get upset, then that problem sits with them. Yeah. In terms of mental health, I've got a disclaimer on my profile that says I'm not a mental health professional, so please seek emergency help if you're going through a mental health crisis because I cannot help you. I've had people before in my DM telling me about wanting to take their life and that is really distressing. really really stressing um not so much now because i put the disclaimer there but definitely i would say about a year and a half ago i did get that quite a lot um in terms of black lives matter um i only sort of put this out a couple of weeks ago and i wish i'd done it before because i remember you messaged me when i said it like please don't jump in my inbox and tell me about being an ally like like there are just so many things i think that this year I will do differently because I did get a lot of messages at one point about allyship and people asking me questions and at first I was okay answering them yeah yeah. but as time went on Mm. I thought Google is a free search engine like why are people why are so many people messaging me Mm. so I think it's having firm boundaries Mm -hmm. that there is actually a really really good example of boundaries so there was someone that I speak to quite frequently just just as I speak to you um on on social media and this person actually then turned around and said to me this is the person one of the people that said to me that that donald trump um isn't a racist so she spewed this whole thing when biden became president and i thought Mm. i really don't like conflict i'm not because i because i have anxiety i'm i'm I'm, i really dislike conflict conversations
0: Mm.
1: so i just said do you know what?" I think we'll just leave it there and have to agree to disagree. And I just left mm, it there and mm. I thought, I'm never going to speak to you again because I can't have a conversation with someone who holds those kind of views. It's a shame because I thought, you know, I didn't actually think that person would think like that. Yeah. Nadia, I'm not joking you. Between two accounts, I have had over 30 messages from that person and I've not applied to one of them. 30 messages. In fact, they messaged me twice yesterday evening 30 messages from two different accounts. Like why
0: are they also, uh, because you're not replying, they're just they just keep on messaging or Yeah.
1: <laughs> what? So uh, I have just said to myself that person does not respect boundaries and it's mm. not my burden to take on. So mm. I think that definitely I'll take social media breaks. I didn't take that many, I took some last year, but then I just thought, you know what? Post when you can you're doing some work anyway but I just think um and put your phone on do not disturb I do that a lot as well so sometimes I don't hear whatsapps or anything come through so yeah yeah, I think yeah strong boundaries no notifications putting your phone on do not disturb um and yeah just scheduling breaks and not and not feeling guilty because I think the thing is obviously as you know with with social media they've got this stupid algorithm so The minute you don't post for, like, two days, your reach drops. Like, I I don't think I posted for, like, nearly 10 days. Mm. I think I posted yesterday for, like, the first time. My reach has dropped. So I thought, you know what? It is what it is. And I think that's a really bad thing with social media, that it doesn't want you to get off of it.
0: Yeah, yeah. They want to keep you in the loop, of course. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But, yeah,
1: Yeah.
0: I kind of gave up on it. I'm like, no, it's not the only it's not the only way it's i just have to remind myself that instagram is not the only way to do business it's not the only yeah. way to um, speak to friends it's not the only way to speak to clients it's not the only way like um there are other ways as well and it's it's so weird like how we're, re, we're sucked in and, and into believing this is where life is happening, <laughs> like this is where everything yeah. and this is where the news are happening and everything and uh, yeah,
1: okay. it's
0: it's it's, not- it's crazy and I've yeah de- definitely felt that with the algorithm. Although by now I don't care anymore. I'm like yeah, it's whatever. I, like sometimes the photo gets two thousand likes. Sometimes it's two hundred. Whatever. Like I'm I don't <laughs> like I can't. I'm like. This is ridiculous, but I'm just gonna not care anymore. Um, but like I feel sometimes more guilt with if I'm not sharing stuff or if I'm, and that's like totally that that's ego. That's absolutely my ego. Like I feel like what will people think if I don't say anything about this or that or this or that? Because I'm I'm on I'm away. I'm on a break. I don't want to. I don't I don't want to be there. Um. Cause it's too much, and I feel like, um, that, and I wrote that down yesterday in my journal to, to be okay with, like, with not being liked, and to be okay with not being understood, um, cause that's that's just my ego thinking. What will people think if I'm if I'm if I'm not there sharing? Um, and to remember this is not where life is happening, like this is not, yeah. It's a crazy. I think
1: it's- just on the point where you said, you know, what will people think if you're not speaking up? One thing I've realised is that it's not your job, it's not my job to be an activist for every single cause that comes up because there are some things that happen and I think, oh, I'm not talking about that. There, there are yeah. other people yeah. that can speak about it yeah. let someone else. So I think it's really important not to feel guilty because you do so much, like, you speak about so much stuff, like, you're, you're so open and you're so willing to learn as well which i love and i think i wish more people were like that but i think sometimes it can be hard for people but that's still not an excuse but i just feel like with you you're just so willing to just take on board and to just listen and i think it's just yeah it's just amazing to see like amazing to see
0: we have so many like great discussions yeah I love I love I love what you share I love like um how how willing you are to share even though that you know what you said like sometimes people see you as a resource (laughs) instead of a human (laughs) like they just forget that you're a human being not a resource like you can share resources but you're not a resource and people treat you like that sometimes and I'm so grateful um to you and other black people who still share um and then i just the stuff i i i that's what i just listen and the stuff that i share is stuff i learn from other people it's not stuff like that obviously i came up with it's it's stuff that i learn from others and and then i take what i see from you for example and then i go and google (laughs) and like i try to like find um more information about things and And what other people share as well, like, I just, I just go and, 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 and search and, um, because social media is so convenient and quick and easy, I think it makes us lazy because people just, they don't want to go and go on their laptop and open another tab and do their own research. Then like, it's just so convenient to DM someone instead of like and that's like literally educating people and retraining them to be like no i'm not like you know um sometimes i get questions about about other things um not racism like with christianity or whatever where people ask me things that you can literally google like uh what does this word mean <laughs> and stuff
1: you get a lot of things about photography and stuff as well because obviously you're, yeah you're a photographer, yeah so I'm you get lots of people yeah that is as well. asking you things in your yeah right. some people
0: right. just want to use me like as a workshop like not pay for it just like a a, a right. you know a free for free resource just <laughs> tell me all the photography things that you know I'm like <laughs> you can pay for that <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. but um yeah it's it's it, it depends you know it depends on the situation it depends on the person um I also love to um to to give some of that information just away um but yeah it depends it really depends um what it is and uh yeah I'm just I'm just grateful um to to know you and um everything you do and how you show up um for yourself how you show up um online like because showing up for yourself also means you're showing up at the same time you're showing up for other people because you being you just gives All of us watching that courage and like to 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 show up for ourselves as well, and so I'm just really grateful for that that you do that.
1: Oh, thank you. Sometimes it doesn't feel like that though, and I just feel Mm. I literally feel the exact same. And I think sometimes, and you probably get this as well. Like you do it because it's in you, and sometimes you don't realize that there are people in you, and you don't realize. The, the positive effect that you do have on mm. others and you literally just do it because it's just who you are. And like mm. I literally feel the exact same way. Like sometimes I look at your posts, and I'm like, oh, like, and it just provokes so much thought and it, it makes me just consider sometimes other perspectives and
0: mm-hmm.
1: other things that I have not thought about before. So yeah, it's just really enriching. That's the word enriching. Thank you.
0: <laughs> same, same. And, and that's why, why I knew our conversation would just flow because from your online pre- yeah pre- presence, <laughs> my my English today is like all over the place. From your online presence, um, I could just tell this is you. Like there's no, I knew in real life you would be exactly the same. Like <laughs> if, even though of course online we don't yeah. show like our full selves, yeah. but what you show, the thing that you do show that is it's it's true, it's authentic. It is you. I, I just knew it. Like you you feel it sometimes, right? Um so I just knew Ah, oh, this conversation will be easy. <laughs> it will yeah,
1: no, it's super super easy. Like it will flow. Time has flown today, yes. though, to me. <laughs> it, has. it has. How long are your podcasts are they usually this length? Oh yeah. Like um, uh,
0: they're usually an hour and a half like okay. sometimes yeah. an, an hour like I try to keep them to an hour but I'm also not like sitting there thinking oh my god <laughs> um, um uh unless obviously I mean I, I don't want to like you know take up your whole day but on the other hand we are in lockdown
1: <laughs> I'm not going anywhere I think the only thing I'm probably going to do today is go to go to Tesco to get some apple juice that's probably like <laughs> my my daily walk because i've noticed that i need to get out of the house yeah yeah the other day i just had to just go to town and go to go to boots to go and like get some hair gel that's not an essential item i know everyone who's probably thinking you didn't need to do that but i was in isolation all over christmas so i think i can count on one hand the amount of times i've left my house yeah and
0: you should go out like once a day right and like just move and as long as yeah, it's like light, yeah, it, 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 the sun sets in like two hours. So yeah, as long as it's light out there, we should go outside. I have one last question, which you kind of in, already have. You answered yeah. it before, like who challenged you? Because um, my last question to everyone is always who has inspired you lately or challenged you or, you know, changed your mind or moved you to action. Um, mm-hmm. And um, you already mentioned one person. Yes. Um and do, do you want to mention anyone else or anything else? It could be a person, it could be a thing, it could
1: um do you know what? I'd probably say one of my really good friends Islao. Okay. And that that's the person who's one of the founders of Street Kind, who I who oh, I yes. always post, and that's the the homeless group that I volunteer with every yeah. month. She is probably the most selfless person that I know however she is she's kind but she takes no shit and I think there's a difference between being kind and being nice yeah like she's so kind she's so giving she does all of this stuff for people in London who who live on the street where let's be honest during the pandemic the homeless have literally become so forgotten yeah and I get it because everyone's gone into like survival mode, but there is like a whole community of people yeah. out there who yeah. can't be protected from this virus at the moment. Mm-hmm. A lot of places aren't mm-hmm. taking cash, like j- facilities like having a wash, just just all these little things that we all have
0: yeah.
1: that she made sure that people had access to. She was giving people vouchers to go to Sainsbury's, providing people with mobile phones. Like we, we, well, she done an extra outreach in December, couldn't go to that because I was in isolation. We're doing an extra one on February 14th for Valentine's Day, and then we're doing another one on February 21st. She really cares about people, and as much as people might think that I care about people talking about mental health, I, I'm just so inspired by her selflessness, her kindness. Yeah. It's just, honestly, like... Yeah, she's just, just incredible. I love Amazing. I love that
0: you work with Street Kind because that was another thing that I saw um, somewhere in your post when I first came across your profile. And I was like, yeah. oh, I love that she does that because I do that too, um, not with Street Kind, but uh, I've worked in homeless work for like or volunteered, not worked for 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 work, um, for about ten years, and um, I do it here in Brighton, and I've and I love people who do that because there's something I mean those are people like yeah as you not just in the pandemic but they are literally forgotten they're not looked at people don't look at them um they're
1: dehumanized a lot
0: yeah they're not seen they're yeah to use the word outcast again it's like they are outcasts like of of society and it's it breaks my heart and um when I come across people who, who do that work, um, it makes me feel so, so joyful because I know your heart is breaking for that as well. Like, yeah. um, and, and that means something, like that says something yeah. um, about, about your heart, about you. And so I was like, ah, oh, I love this <laughs> when I saw yeah. you were doing that, which is beautiful.
1: The irony is, is that we do it opposite the Savoy where we, where we like, like every well not not so like much, the
0: big one the right one in, the one
1: in like the big yeah yeah, yeah like the, the, the Savoy like yeah, yeah. just down the road yeah we literally do it right oh. opposite the Savoy so <laughs> not last year year before you'd yeah. always see the Rolls Royce's going in and out yeah and then we would have 100 to 200 people that wow. were homeless that didn't have anything and it's just like this great big massive poverty gap and it wow. really, it really makes you see, like the, the stark difference. And mm, I mm, think mm. that being more considerate to others, it doesn't cost anything. Yeah. And also, we shouldn't judge because you'll know this. The positions, like that, that sometimes people have have gotten themselves into, is through no fault of their own. Yeah. It could literally happen. To anyone, anyone, we don't know people's stories, we shouldn't anyone. judge. And another thing I'd like to say to anyone listening to this, don't take pe- don't take pictures of homeless people because you don't know who they're running from. I like, yeah. always see people doing this online, filming the faces of homeless people when mm-hmm. we don't know. They could be running from domestic violence, they could be yeah. running from all kinds of abuse. Mm-hmm. And the first thing that a lot of people want to do is put a camera in, in, in a homeless person's face because they want to show everyone that they're doing charity work. And it is so, 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 so dangerous. So yeah, yeah. to anyone out
0: there that's listening to us right now, please don't do it. <laughs> it's also just not like, it's so, like, you're just looking at them as an object in that moment. Yeah. Like, are you asking for permission? Are you like, what is, like, you can't just, you can't just do that. It's not an object. It's a human being. Um Oh, it's and it's yeah as you said this is something that can happen to anyone and i think that's why people don't like looking at homeless people and you just walk by and you don't look into their face because it makes us think that it makes us think about it too much this is something that can happen to anyone when i first started working which was actually in london when i was 19 i first started doing homeless work and the homeless shelter uh that was in waterloo um where i worked and like it, I mean, it was ninety nine percent men who came in. It was like yeah. one one woman out of hundred twenty people every day. And I mean, now it has changed a little bit, but th- the stories were so similar. Mm-hmm. The stories were so similar. Like there were university professors there, and and people like who who had lives like yeah. like we forget about. Like they had, they used to have a life like with with interests and and family and friends and things they loved and 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 they had so many similar stories like I don't know wife left them and then they started drinking and then they lost their job and then they lost the house like it, yeah there were there were so many similar stories and you and and they were people like you and I at some point like I mean they still are but with a yeah. life with a whole life um and I think it's it's Uncomfortable to look at them because it reminds us that this is just something that it's not their fault. This is something that can happen um, to anyone. But beautiful, yay for your friend! Yeah, it's
1: that, amazing,
0: that amazing, beautiful. Um, thank you so much thank <laughs> for you me. for this super long chat. I I could go <laughs> I could go on, and I hope we we manage after this is over. We managed to like have a hot chocolate or something together. <laughs>
1: yes, definitely, hundred percent. Thank you so much for having me because when you mentioned that you wanted me to come, and I was like, oh my gosh, yes, yes, a hundred percent. So yeah, I'm glad that we made this happen. So
0: I'm so glad you said yes. I'm so so honored. Oh, I I loved I loved our conversation. Thank you so much. For-